You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Five Things to Watch. Five things to watch here on KC Sports Network, getting you ready for Chiefs Chargers, the last regular season game for this version of the Kansas City Chiefs on the doorstep of the playoffs, but there's still one more game to get ready for, and you're going to hear from a variety of different voices here on KCSN with different perspectives on Week 18, and obviously this is a little bit different one than what we're used to because we're anticipating a lot of starters not playing both sides of the football. One spot on the field that, you know, uses three, you know, three of their players in their depth chart and will have to play. Secondary. Defensive backs are gonna have to get some run that normally maybe, you know, they they're gonna have to they're gonna have to play a lot of different defensive backs in this game, Matthew. Yeah, they will. And like if we, you said three, that's just a cornerback spot. Then you throw in some safeties. That's up to five guys in this game at any given time, if not more, that are going to be on the field. And like we're already talking about a young group. And some of these guys, Legereus Sneed, Justin Reed, maybe even Trent McDuffie, like these guys might sit out this game. You might have some of these starters not play a lot. And so while you expect to see Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams a ton, there's going to be a lot of younger guys that are playing in bit, just playing in rotational roles that are going to be coming into play. We're talking Nick Jones, Echo Boydo, Chamari Connor, who's been playing, but like all these guys are going to get significant reps in this game against a Chargers team that's also not playing for anything, but at, at this point of the season, they're just kind of playing, I guess, for next year, for new contracts to keep their job. So there is going to be some challenges there. And while most of these younger guys probably aren't going to have a huge impact in the playoffs for the Chiefs, some of them might. And I think this game is a good launching off point for those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when they first come out there, if they're in the base defense, it's not going to look too different. You know, we've seen these guys out there. Joshua Williams, Shamari Connor as a, you know, deep safety, Mike Edwards, and Jalen Watson. Like, those four guys are very much in the rotation here. But when they start getting into more nickel reps, when they start getting into some three safety looks, you've got guys like Deion Bush that we know what he is now, but Echo Boydo, Nick Jones, coming into the the fray a little bit more, we're actually going to get a pretty good look at a lot of these young guys. And we've seen what that can do for the confidence of these players going into future seasons. Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson, I know that we haven't talked a ton about either one of them this season because the focus has largely been on the studs in Legereus Need and Tripp McDuffie, but they've been good as well. Like It's not like they've got a glaring hole at cornerback it's because they got those reps, because they got those opportunities. Now you're going to potentially giving the, be giving those to a Nick Jones or to an Echo Boydo, guys that could potentially help round out the rest of your cornerback room. Brett Veach has been really good at finding guys and building cornerback depth. And we think, just based on what we've seen in training camp, preseason, all that sort of stuff, that Nick Jones and Echo Boydo might be able to fl- flow right into that room with everybody else. So, How's their opportunity to go out there and show it? Well, yeah, Nick Jones specifically was getting some run with the first team, you know, in training camp back, you know, what feels like forever ago, especially during this season. But, you know, before some of his hand, he was having some hand injury, but before that he was getting some run with the first team, getting some looks there. 
And then that kind of derailed some momentum that he had heading into the season and kind of made it a little bit difficult, you know, to try to, you know, crack, you know, the rotation, get some opportunities. But he looked capable when he was doing that. And Echo Boydo, you know, he's kind of got this a slender frame, but, you know, he's he put great tape out in the preseason, and so much so that the Chiefs were able to keep him around. They actually elevated him to the active roster. It's a good opportunity for these two guys, especially, you know, considering Nazi Johnson's going to be back in the mix next year for competition. Like this is a, you know, th- this is an opportunity for all three of these guys to really show out and, and give themselves a leg up as they go out and compete for spots, you know, in the, uh, you know, in the secondary, in the cornerback room. As far as the safeties are concerned, yeah, like Shamari Connor probably going to get some run this week. I would anticipate we're going to see Dion Bush. It's already been stated that we're going to see Dion Bush a lot. Um, I'm curious if if it's just those two, if we see any other safeties, if Mike Edwards gets a little run too. I know it's just such a thin room. That's one of the more fascinating rooms, I think, when it comes to decisions on roster crunches in a game like this. Yeah, and I think they'll protect themselves a little bit by being relatively basic in their alignments and some of their personnel packages in this game. You're going to see a lot of you know base personnel, a lot of 4-3. You're probably going to see nickel but you're not going to get three safety looks. You're not going to get a ton of dime or this heavy, intensive defensive back stuff, especially with all the rotations. There's just no reason to get into it. So yeah, it's a thin room, but I do think that they'll, they're going to parse it down pretty pretty low. You're mostly going to get two safeties on the field at a time. I'm mostly intrigued though. Like With the corners, it's a lot about who's going to be making the roster next year, what their impact might be. In the safety room, Chamari Connor in particular, he's got a chance to really, you know, stabilize the foundation with Brian Cook being injured still not knowing his outlook for the playoffs Mike Edwards taking a lot larger role in that safety room and while he's been fine to good he was clearly at his best and always has been as a third safety I'm not saying that Connor should overtake him in that role but a strong performance here where he's going to be playing as a more traditional safety might give you know at least some pause or make the coaching staff start to wonder what's better Mike Edwards coming in as a rotation moving around where Connor plays in or just letting Connor get more comfortable playing in these roles that he has to now no longer be this chest piece that's blitzing or playing as an overhang. He has to play an actual defensive back, an actual safety role almost full time now. And so it's this is a good this is gonna be a good experience for him, I think, especially from a guy that moved around a lot in college, moved around a lot to start this year for the Chiefs, and now is kind of getting, I don't want to say pigeonholed, but like is now being a little bit more stable in his alignment, you know, rep in and rep out. Yeah, and I, especially once I start to get towards the end of the game, this team's not going to be throwing out, you know, Steve Spagnuolo's best coverages. That's just not going to happen. They're going to play probably a lot of static cover two, try and keep a lid on things, and that's going to give Connor the ability to play a little bit more of the split safety looks and see what he's got, see what he can trot out there on the field. You're going to see a lot probably of Joshua Williams, Echo Boydo on the outside with Nick Jones in the slot, potentially blitzing, but... It's going to be pretty static. They're going to try and let the four-man rush get home a little bit. they got some young guys there that they want to try out. So Connor's going to get those opportunities. If the Chargers try at all to push the ball down the field, he's going to have some opportunities without a Legereus Sneed or a Trent McDuffie in front of him with a guy that maybe isn't quite to that level. So he's going to have some more opportunities to try and make a play on the ball, He's going to see a little bit more coverages where he needs to be that vertical help. So you're going to see just a lot more reps for him that could pay off in a way that, like it did for Brian Cook down the stretch last year, this is one of those situations where Shamari Connor getting more comfortable in those two high looks, protecting against some of those vertical shots, 
may end up being the thing that helps them trigger quicker on something in the playoffs, a la Cook did, you know, there at yep. the end of uh, the AFC Championship game, go out and make a play and try and create something big for this defense. And, and that's why these reps in this game are going to matter for these young DBs. And now, for more from the Barbershop on why this game as a whole matters, let's check in with Sean Barber. Man, thank you, man. This is Sean Barber from The Process, and I'm talking about what is my one thing to watch as the Kansas City Chiefs go to L.A. to play the Chargers in this matchup. Well, man, we know that there's nothing to play for. What? Nothing to play for? Man, listen, man, I'm a 10-year NFL vet. There was always something to play for. Whenever I stepped between those white lines, man, I had a mission, a purpose. I had something to get accomplished, and I played with that type of effort and attitude every snap of every ball game I've ever stepped in between those white lines. So though there is no positional value for the Chiefs in the postseason, we are locked in at three. The Chargers are out of the playoffs. They have a uh, temporary uh, interim head coach there who's still proving that he can play in the NFL. I think both organizations have. Yeah, they have some star players they might be sitting out, but the majority of their roster is going out there with a purpose, to continue to win ball games, to play high-level football, to execute alignment, assignment, and execution. Those are the three things. My one thing to watch is that you better watch this ball game because guys going to be out there playing high-level football. Don't expect there to be any any slowdown, any uh, drop in the level of play. Actually, I might see an increase in the execution, an increase in the physicality, an increase in what you're going to see on game day from both teams. Um, the playbook might be simple, simplified a little bit, maybe uh, string downs, um, um, kind of like just uh, fine-tune because uh, you have backup quarterbacks playing for both teams. Defensively, you don't want to show any exotic blitzes, any exotic packages. So the the, the scheme sides of the offense and defense is mu- might be a little bit watered down um, and simplified. But as far as a physicality, a speed of the game, as far as high-level football, you better come ready to see a NFL ball game. So my thing to watch is that don't expect to see anybody quitting. Don't expect to see anybody not playing hard. Don't expect to see anything less than the best when it comes down to this football game for the Kansas City Chiefs versus the L.A. Chargers. That is my one thing to watch when it comes to this weekend's football game. Again, this is your boy, Sean Barber, from The Process. The Process is always greater than what it produces, and I'm right back at you. Think, Sean, and that's a good reason. That's a good thing right there to why this game is going to matter to the players that are on the field for these guys that are going out there. That's important to keep in mind when we as fans are sitting here, you know, a little upset that our favorite guys might not be playing or unsure what to do with it. That's just a good thing to keep in mind from Sean. Now, now we are going to head on over to BJ Kissel, and he's going to tell us a little bit about an offensive player that he really wants to see some fun stuff from in this game. What's going on? It's BJ Kissel with my thing to watch is the Chiefs or some version of the Kansas City Chiefs, depending upon who's out there, take on to the Chargers on Sunday. And and guys, what I'm looking forward to watching is Justin Ross hopefully getting anywhere between 18 and 25 targets in this game. I, we should use this game for glorified practice uh, for the pass catchers, just fire passes at Kadarius Toney and Justin Ross, get MVS out there throwing balls, but uh, my my eyes are on the the number eight, the guy that uh, was the talk of all offseason uh, for the Chiefs offensively. Uh, this guy who's played in nine games this year, has just four catches on seven targets 
for 36 yards again, talking Justin Ross. And I thought it was interesting, uh, Blaine Gabbert, uh, when he did media earlier this week on Wednesday, had a chance to, to talk about working with some of the young guys, and he mentioned Justin Ross specifically. Let's play that clip right now. He's doing a great job, and we, we make jokes. Like, you look back, he hasn't played that much football since his freshman year of college, but the amount of athletic ability that he has is extremely rare. I've been around the game for a long time, and seeing what he can do in and out of cuts, catching the football, making plays, it's it's fun to watch. And just getting these reps throughout the week in practice in the game is going to be extremely valuable for him as kind of his career progresses. Now, for all of us that got caught up in all, all of the off-season highlights of what Justin Ross could do, we all got excited about it. Haven't seen that translate over. Most of that most likely has to do with that this is not the easiest offense to step in there and run. These guys have to to know how to read a defense while they're running their route. Uh, I think we've talked about it ad nauseum on this network, uh, but this is a great opportunity with really no pressure for these young guys or for Blaine Gabbert, a veteran quarterback who can go in there and just chuck it up, give him a 50-50 ball. He doesn't have to worry about turning the ball over because there's no consequence if the Chiefs don't win this game. There's really no consequence for Blaine Gabbert if he goes out there and doesn't play well. This guy's making the 49th start of his career. He has been in this league for a long time. His place is kind of set. Uh, as far as who he is and what he's got as far as a role in the NFL. So I'm excited to see Justin Ross uh, get hopefully get a lot of targets again, just seven targets in his NFL career in the the nine games that he's played, most of those snaps being on special teams. Uh, but I fully expect Justin Ross to double his career numbers uh, after Sunday's game, which means has at least four catches, at least seven targets, and at least 36 yards receiving. He'll double those numbers. And to, to piggyback on what Blaine Gabbert said, right there regarding he hasn't played a lot of football. Uh, Justin Ross at Clemson as a freshman in 2018 then played in 2019, sat out 2020 with the injury, and then played in just 10 games in 2021 and then sat all of last year. So this is a guy that's played in just 19 games between college and the NFL over the last four years. So he's right. He hasn't played a lot of football. Need to get that guy reps. They talk about his athleticism. We saw it in the highlights. Give that dude a bunch of targets. Throw him some 50-50 balls. Give him some go routes. Give him some things where he can go out and play loose and get him a little bit of confidence, and maybe he can step up in one of the playoff games, not getting greedy here, in one of the playoff games, get a few reps and maybe make a key third down catch at some point with the, the mismatch that he brings. But use the game on Sunday to find him comfortable with a handful of routes or packages, um, specific plays to run for him, get him comfortable with something that you might be able to use in the playoffs, uh, and then you're getting some value out of this game that, again, doesn't matter if the Chiefs win or lose, they're locked into that seed. But I want to see Justin Ross get a minimum of 12 targets. I'm not being greedy, just 12 uh, targets. Chuck him the ball as much as we can. Let's, uh, let's make a highlight reel out of this game on Sunday for Justin Ross. Thanks, BJ. That's a little bit about Justin Ross, one of the fan-favorite wide receivers for this Chiefs team who should get a big chance to show out this game against the Chargers. And now we're going to continue on with five things right after this quick break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome back to Five Things, where we here at KCSN tell you five different things that we are looking forward to in this upcoming matchup. So now we've heard a little bit about the Chiefs' secondary, about why this game matters, about Justin Ross. Now let's head over to Tucker Franklin outside the trenches to talk about, well, the trenches, just like every week. We appreciate it, guys, from outside the trenches here, hanging out with you, giving our thing to watch. And obviously, look, we're 18 weeks into this thing. We're talking about the trenches. If you don't know that by now, I don't know what to tell you. We're talking about the trenches here. Nick Leckie, Big B, Brian Hanley. Let's start when the Chiefs have the football could be a really weird week for the Chiefs just because of the starter situation. They've got the three seed locked up. They can't go up. They can't move down. And it looks like Donovan Smith might be healthy enough to return. Wanya Morris has been getting some reps there at left tackle. Big B, uh, thoughts on kind of what they do with that situation? Just a kind of a position to keep your eye on as the, the week progresses. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think Wanya Morris should continue to play. I mean, if you're if you're saving starters and Donovan Smith's going to be your guy in the playoffs then I think Wanya Morris just needs to play this week. Keep him out another week, um, you know, Donovan Smith out another week, uh, and get him fresh and ready to play. He's a veteran. It's not like he's a rookie and he's never played before, so he doesn't know what to expect, uh, especially in the playoffs. The guys won a Super Bowl. So I think he knows what to do when it comes time for the playoffs. I think that's the move. I don't know if it's going to be the move, but I think that's the move. Yeah, and I think with the next stinger too, you always want to make sure and give that an extra week to heal, and and also it gives you a chance to develop Wanya to make sure that you can fold him back in if Donovan gets hurt for the playoffs, right? Because you want your vet in the playoffs, you want him. That's why you signed him, you know. That's why you have him and give Wanya all the all the starts, all the all the stats. And if you can rest someone, rest someone. Don't mess around neck injuries because that neck injury is equivalent to every time you strike with with your with your hands, you're gonna feel that. So save those save those blows from when you can, especially when you go against RoboCop himself, Khalil Mack. Oh yeah, I wanted to tee you up for that, Nick, because I know you really like like that guy Khalil Mack. Look, Joey Bosa, they're not going to be the Chiefs won't be seeing him. He's on the IR. They still got Khalil Mack, Nick. What do you like so much about him? Just a big body. He's Julius Peppers, you know, modern day Julius Peppers, or this era's Julius Peppers. Just big body getting paid a you know twenty million a year to do his job and does his job quietly and. Kicks ass at what he does. Yeah, absolutely. Khalil Mack is, I mean, 16 sacks this year. I mean, obviously, I think it's a, a contract year because he's not going to be, <laughs> the Chargers aren't going to keep him on a, a $38 million cap hit next year. So we know how that works. So good for him. Good for him. But yeah, he's an absolute beast. Got 100 sacks in his career. Got that last week. Uh, if he comes out with some fire, the Chiefs will have their hands full. Yeah, they will. It'll be interesting to see. They they got some good guys uh, in the uh, the linebacker room too. Tuli Tuli Tiopu. Uh, Try to say that one as fast as I could, so you guys couldn't tell that I didn't know how to say his name. Look, a guy I really coming out of the draft. They've got some guys up there too that uh, you're, you're going to keep your eye on. It, whether if the Chiefs do end up playing some of the backups, some of the reserves this week. Uh, 
Listen, it's it's hard to tell for sure what the Chiefs are going to do, especially these teams like to keep stuff so close to the best when it comes to starters and everything like that. We do know Pedro Ball was not playing, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how that all goes with uh, Blaine Gabbert as the quarterback for the Chiefs. Now let's flip it to the other side when the Chargers have the football, and there's a big story kind of following on the defensive line. Chris Jones is a half sack away from a $1.25 million incentives to get double-digit sacks. He signed that incentive-laden contract. Uh, this year to kind of end his holdout dispute, Big B. I know that we kind of had a conversation off air about what do they do? You know, we're talking about resting starters. Chris Jones, does he play? Is he motivated? Oh, obviously he's motivated with the with the incentive, but will he get the opportunity to play? What do you think, Big B? If I'm the Chiefs, obviously if I'm the Chiefs, I'm looking out for us as an organization, and I, I sit him. If you have any opportunity, I don't know that they do, of bringing him back next year, which, you know, indications say that he may want to come back, that he does want to come back. I mean, then you play him at least to get that half sack to make him happy. So I don't know. Uh, it's risky. But if you're trying to win the Super Bowl, I think you got to sit Chris Jones. You know, it's also fun to to chase money, I think, too. And it's one of those things where I think Andy Reid's big on – Go through the reps, go through the motions, you know, get the nerves, get the, the the sweatiness going. And you know what? You know, put him in there, get a sack. You know, I think it's always good for morale. If you bench him, it feels like, or bench or sit him, I should say. If you sit him, it feels like you're you're taking money out of his pocket and that puts bad juju along the whole team. So you want good vibes only at this point. So let him play for a little bit, for at least a half. And then you get a half, then sorry. You know? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I think that wouldn't be surprised if Andy Reid, you know, players coach, as we know Andy Reid to be, would uh, puts him out there to try to get that half sack for him. Uh, Chargers offensive line did with some injuries. You know, they've got uh, Corey Lindsley on the IR, but they still got Rashawn Slater out there uh, playing tackle for him. Zion Johnson dealing with a little bit of injuries coming into this one. Uh, I'd be interested to see kind of the production when it comes to these. Younger guys, the Chiefs are going to get in there, going up against uh, a, a good tackle and some guys who are who are respectable uh, offensive linemen in this league. I mean, the, here's the thing: the Chargers' offensive line is dealing with a ton of injuries. Slater is really, really good, uh, but it's Week 18, yeah. so I just don't know as far as the fire that they're going to come out with. I mean, again, Chiefs have nothing to play for. Chargers have nothing to play for. Guys are, are looking to next year, looking for vacation, looking to next week. I'm just not sure, man, how much, what the battle, you know what I'm saying, what the battle in the trenches is really, really going to be. It's going to be playing for next year. It's going to be, you know, did did homeboy get fired yet? Right, he got fired a long yeah. time ago, right? He got way fired. I don't even know, is, uh, what's his face? Is he doing both teams? Is uh, Antonio Pierce, is he coaching both both teams from interim with the <laughs> The, the Raiders and the Chargers. Um, I don't even know. But anyways, I think they're playing for next year. I've been in this position where where you're out of it, you're whatever, you're not going to ruin the Chiefs' chances for anything, but you're playing for that, that next year to get signed by someone. They're going to say, oh, we like what you did versus Chris Jones here, like whatever. And, and you're also playing to not get hurt because the worst thing you want to do, it's like spring ball, Big B. You don't want to get hurt on the, the no. spring game, right? Absolutely you don't want to mess, mess up that offseason. And they'll mess up that season. That's going to be in the back of your mind, too. Play for the next year and also play not to get hurt because, yeah, it's, you, you're like, like you're going to fly back home. I don't know where the game is. Game in Arrowhead or in LA? LA. LA. Okay. 
you're going to shower up after that game and you're done for the season. You're not going to lift another weight until after the Super Bowl. Like this is the like the greatest feel. You didn't make the playoffs. That's great. Whatever you tried your hardest, you're done. You are done. You are free, and you're free to say peace out. I, I'm out. I'm I'm in the wind, like uh, Jimbo Fisher. You know, there it is. <laughs> That's a good note to end on. That's going to be uh, what we got here for five things. Looking at the trenches, it's going to be interesting. Going to be an interesting one with uh, backups playing against an unmotivated LA Chargers team. We'll go ahead and send it back for more five things. Thanks, guys. And now, finally, we've talked offense. We've talked big hog mollies. Now we are going back to the defensive side of the ball. We're going to head over to Only Weird Games. They are going to tell us about a defensive, a young defensive player that they want to keep their eye on. Joshua Briscoe and Nate Taylor from Only Weird Games here with you to tell you one thing to keep an eye on in this fittingly weird game. Of course, Nate, there are no real stakes in this game for the Chiefs. They're the three seed no matter what. There's only pride for the Chargers and potential offseason contracts, which does actually matter. But we're going to talk about a few players, or specifically, really, one player we're most excited to see get some extended work for the Chiefs in this game. I'll also mention, as we talked about over on the main Only Weird Games uh, on Thursday, Neil Farrell, B.J. Thompson, uh, a, a series of other guys who uh, who have, have not seen the field very much, who you'd like to see specifically across that defensive line. We'll see more of Jack Cochran and some of the other guys. Chamari Connor, who you mentioned. I, I actually am excited to see what this defense is going to look like. More than anything else, we are here to talk about Felix and UDK Uzama. Yes. First round pick for the Chiefs this year. Draft in Kansas City, the hometown kid. Plays at K-State. Got a little bit of playing time before Charles who came back from his six-game suspension. But since he got back, Felix has pretty much fallen out of the rotation. Uh, Malik Herring has been the guy who actually lost like the active roster spot because he's been a healthy scratch. Felix yep. has been out there a little bit, but not very much. Uh, I'll tell you something that I thought was interesting that Spags kind of cracked the door open on during his press conference this week. But what are you going to be looking for when you see Felix out there? You also wrote about him recently in The Athletic and kind of the uh, the path his first year has taken. Yeah, uh, this is very reminiscent. Now, I know it's not an exact apples-to-apples comparison, but we are in a very similar situation where, if you remember, 2017, Patrick Mahomes was not supposed to be the starter, uh, but he did get to play You know, the majority of the game in the regular season finale once the Chiefs locked up their playoff spot. We are seeing a similar situation where Felix has had, you know, a handful of snaps, but he'll actually get to, I believe, start, play the majority of the game, really give us our first true glimpse of what he's like and what he's learned, obviously, throughout the course of the regular season. So um, a couple things that I would be looking for are what is his burst off the line of scrimmage? That has been, I think, inconsistent at times. And can he get to Easton Stick? Can he finish uh, a sack? He only has half a sack a year that was in Jacksonville all the way in week two with Chris Jones helping along the way to, 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 you know, generate the pressure. He sort of cleaned up the sack with Chris. So um, if he has a positive game, if he doesn't make, you know, too many mistakes, and I just think what you want to see from a from a Chiefs fan is, hey, on clear pass situations, can you get off the ball well? Can you finish the sack? Can you get to the quarterback and, and do what obviously the Chiefs believe he can be? Um, because 2017, we saw that Patrick Mahomes could make all the throws. Every throw. Um, now, he made some mistakes in that game, but you at least saw the raw talent and how they were developing them along the way. So um, this is where it gets fascinating because uh, people need to remember if something happens in a game with the defensive line, Felix will be 
probably the first guy up, uh, you know, in that sort of backup role is going to be has to do more. So this will be a good this will be a good game for him to sort of see where he's at uh, because he might be needed in the postseason as well. I think that's the most important part before I get to some of the other stuff that I do think is interesting. This is real game action and not preseason, quote, real game action. This is the, <laughs> the Chargers are going to play who they got, and right. everybody there is going to be fighting for jobs, either with yes. their own team or with other teams. So that's real. So that's the most important part. It's mm-hmm. live fire reps for Felix. Here's the side of it that, from something that Spag said today, that I'm I'm reading a part of it that is not what he meant, but I do think it's kind of interesting. Felix was going to be a, a little bit of a project, right? We knew that. One of the youngest players in the draft, we knew that. Yes. And also, it's a pretty good defensive end rotation, even though there have been some moments of not getting as consistent of pressure as you would like later in the season without having to bring blitzes and extra pressures. But if Felix was showing something special in practice, mm. he he people say, oh, well, who would he take reps from? If you're seeing flashes of something special, who the reps are coming from is not important. What's mm-hmm. important is getting that guy on the field. And, and Mike Dana, love him. Fantastic. Hope the Chiefs keep him around. I hope he spends his whole career in Kansas City. I hope he's a one-team player because he fits perfect here. He really does. Mike Dana, Mike Dana can kick to the inside and play next to Chris Jones if you're going to bring Felix to get that pop off the edge for a rep. The same goes for Aminahu. Yeah. George Karloftis has the strength for it. I mean, there's there's a lot of variety that can happen in that rotation. Yes. Obviously, Jones can go outside as well. Yes. All of that to say, those are, those are movable pieces, and I, I think it is understandable and reasonable but not the full scope to say ah oh, he's just gotten blocked out by not having not having a, a spot to fit in again this isn't a I think I said this in weird games but this isn't a a, a five-man offensive line where you just want to have the same five guys and if somebody gets hurt we're not talking about Wanya Morris you know what's it going to take for him to get in Donovan Smith goes down you're up yes what Spag said today he talked about he feels like he's developed well and has been great with the homework and the meetings and all of that he's really been on top of all of that and he's excited to see him this week but he said he's, he's still very young, is what he said. And then a second later, he goes, you know, George is still young, too. Mm-hmm. George was a year younger a year ago, and he led Chiefs defensive ends in snaps taken. Correct. And he was I a first-round pick. Let's not he was forget a first, that. Let's he not was, forget he was that, too. First round he was a late first-round pick, yes. He was He was a first, He went 30. 30th, yes. Right? Uh-huh. So he goes 30. A year later, Felix goes 32. Felix is a little younger than George was at the time. Uh, I think that's, I just, I'm hoping that's true. I'm not going to double check in this little window we got. <laughs> but but they were both young. And Karloff just played a ton. Felix is young and hasn't played. Now, Amina, who wasn't on that team, and Dana continues to be really excellent. And obviously, Karloff just wasn't on the team. Nick Karloff just was joining. So there's stuff. But Frank Clark was there. Right. So I am in a spot where I am in no way out, out on Felix and Udike Uzama. I am extremely excited to see him on Sunday, and I hope on Sunday we go, oh, God. yeah, no, God. Right, there he's he is. He's undisciplined, he's a little light at the edge or whatever, but you see flashes. If we see flashes from him, I'm thrilled, and we can kind of put some of this away, but I thought it was really interesting that one of the things Spags did to say, like, hey, this is still a process, he then directly correlated with a young edge rusher who played a ton of snaps in his first season. So I think there's just some interesting stuff there. Yeah, and what you want to see is him get better as the game goes on. I think it's yeah. always tough. Well, you know, we, we're here to remind people that, like, you know, playing a handful of snaps, like it's hard to get into a groove. It's hard to stay warm and loose and obviously understand the game situation and what the offensive lineman is trying to do against you and sort of, you know, working off of that. 
Uh, what you want to see as the game moves forward is he starts getting to a rhythm, starts getting to a flow, and can counterattack when necessary to, again, get pressure, get hits on the quarterback. So, um, yeah, it, it's fascinating that you mentioned the weight. Is he light? Can he set the edge as well as Charles Aminahue or obviously George Carl off to Sir Mike Dana? Well, that, that will yet to be seen, but it it is at least fascinating to know that he's good enough to be on the roster, to play a role if you need him, but now it's kind of time for him to show us and honestly himself the work he's done between, you know, weeks three, basically, up until now. He has to be a different player. And so you hope that that translates to real success that you can sort of jump forward to into year two. Right. That was one of the best benefits of Mahomes is, hey, you learned on that day you could play in this league. And now it's about how do you build to get even better? Um, hopefully Felix has a similar experience against the Chargers. Um, and if that's the case, then, hey. Uh, there's something clearly to build upon, but like you said, Josh, he's young and he won't be a young guy next year. He won't have that excuse. So um, do the best you can now and see if there's see if there's something to get everybody else excited about what year two could present. I'm excited to see him on Sunday. I think that entire defensive line will give us something to watch, even though the game itself won't technically traditionally matter. Correct. Perfect. And that'll do it. That is the five things here at KCSN that we are excited to see. Thank you guys so much for listening. Now, I want to let you know, if you want to hear more from us, more talks about your favorite Kansas City Chiefs, check out KCTV5 Sports Tonight. That's every weeknight at 6.30 p.m. Saturdays and Sundays at 10.35 p.m. Arrowhead time. You'll see KCSN personalities all over that. Talking Chiefs, talking ball just like you guys want. So just make sure you tune in that to see them. And before the game, before every Chiefs game, head on over to 810 Sports Radio pregame show. Chi- tune in, listen to what's going on there. This is it. This is the Chiefs' final regular season game. Those are the things we're trying to watch. Everything you got to hear. We appreciate your time. Make sure you jump in with us as soon as this Chiefs game is over on the KCSN postgame show. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it you know, on pretty much all of our social medias, and we are going live with that. We appreciate it, and we'll see you guys there. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.